You're listening to Professionalism Matters podcast series, where we discuss important matters impacting on our professionalism and remind ourselves why our professionalism really matters. Professionalism is the set of values, behaviours and relationships which underpin the trust the public has in doctors, nurses and health and social care professionals. In conversation with our expert guest, we shall explore some of the greatest dilemmas in professionalism and ethics in modern healthcare practice. And together with you, our audience, we hope to find some of the solutions. My name is Professor Dennis Harkin. I am a surgeon and chair of medical professionalism at the Centre for Professionalism in Medicine and Health Sciences at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. This episode of Professionalism Matters is on digital professionalism. Digital professionalism, or e-professionalism, may be defined as the values, behaviours and relationships which reflect traditional paradigms of professionalism manifested through digital media. It means to act and behave in a professional manner on electronic or digital platforms, including the use of social media and social networking sites. The use of social media is now ubiquitous in both our personal and professional lives. Our medical employers, associations and regulators, including the Medical Council of Ireland, have produced codes of conduct and guidance, which stresses the importance of maintaining professional standards when availing of these relatively new and emerging ways to communicate with patients, colleagues and members of the public. Therefore, there is a need for professionals to understand, develop and know what represents appropriate professional behaviour when using digital media. Today, I am delighted to be joined by our guest, Dr. Shasta Salman. She is lecturer in professionalism at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. RCSI Bahrain is a licensed higher education council uh, in Bahrain. It's an independent private university, not-for-profit, focused on health sciences, education and research. Dr. Salman graduated in medicine from Alama Iqbal Medical College, University of Punjab, and trained at Jinnah University Hospital in Pakistan. She was appointed consultant radiologist at the Naz Hospital and Medical Complex in Lahore. She continued her interest in academia and medical education at the medical education departments of that College of Medicine of the University of Sharjah in the United Arab Emirates. She has a Master's in Medical Education from Maastricht University and a PhD in Medical Education from the University of Sains, Malaysia, and has developed an international reputation in medical education and in digital professionalism. So with your permission, Shaista, I would like to chat to you today about something that matters to professionalism navigating the digital realm and digital professionalism. We will explore your personal reflections, the insights you've gained, and we would hope you can share those lessons you've learned with our listeners, which may help them cope with similar situations they encounter. And for the benefit of our listeners, to consider the problem in depth, we will choose the reflective approach, what, what happened, so what, what was the impact, and now what. Uh, what are our lessons and actions. So first of all, Shasta, when we talk of digital professionalism, what is it, to your mind, uh, could you explain and expand on that? 
very much, Dennis. That was a very nice uh, introduction. And you very nicely uh, articulated the definition of e-professionalism. So if I add into that, so e-professionalism is a distinct new paradigm requiring training, codes, and practices. By the looks of it, e-professionalism is a quite a niche area where the recent research talks about the substantial role of teaching and learning of crafting and controlling the digital identity. And when we talk about craft and control of digital identity, we mean friending, favoriting, linking, trending, and following. And e-professionalism is very distinct from conventional professionalism in three different ways. First is the contextual variance of the digital realm, where the sound understanding of needs and frames of references of conventional professionalism are not visible to the naked eye. Second important co um, aspect which differentiate between conventional and e-professionalism is that social networking sites or social media practices they appear to affect a very specific style of involvement, where which is immersive, uninhibited, and sort of, um, you know, it's um, beyond your control. And it leads to diagnostics or defiance, which are not solely in my or your control as a human being. And the third most important thing is that these social networking sites, they provide certain affordances where the generated content yields a sort of heterogeneous configuring and reconfiguring of human engagement and the non-human, non post-human or the material things, which demands a very different skill sets in terms of to be digitally professional, which is honest, conformative, benevolent and universalist. So if we look at these attributes, they are entirely different to the conventional professionalism where we talk about altruism, empathetic, compassionate, uh, truthfulness, evidence-based. So this is a slightly different skill set we need. And when we say the skill sets, it's not just related to certain values or virtues or certain um, socially depicted behaviors or the identity. It's much more beyond that. And we will discuss it later. So these three things makes e-professionalism very distinct paradigm from conventional professionalism. Thank you very much, uh, Shista. That gives a really uh, good overview of, of the theory behind uh, digital professionalism. In terms of um, us as uh, medical practitioners, medical educators, uh, academics, health and social care professionals, we obviously are entitled to a personal life, uh, but we also interface then with our professional life. And this is where boundaries tend to get quite blurred. Could you expand on why we as health and social care professionals maybe face specific challenges in maintaining professionalism, both in the real world, but also in the digital realm? It's a very valid question. So when we talk about any lay person, you know, we always carry multiple identities. But when we talk about the healthcare professional, the concept of negotiating those multiple identities, maintaining a distance, evaluating and minimizing the risk of whatever we are doing and posting on social networking sites becomes very, very important. Absolutely right. We have all the right to maintain these personal professional things, but that social connectivity is leading to the blurring of everything. And I believe since the onslaught of these, um, you know, rapidly evolving 
social media and social networking sites, those um, significant pauses of reflections are lost. And if you look at my and your generation, we are a little different. We are very conscious, cautious, and we are not the content creators on the social networking sites. We are just the end users. But when you look at the, the younger generations or the Z generations, Y generations, they are very different than us. So they live, they thrive on the social media and the social networking sites. So I believe they are much more um, conscious and cautious as compared to us because they are the content creators. And I will not give an example of medical students, but I will give you an example of my young two sons. So both of them, they are very fond of social networking sites. One wants to be a YouTuber when he grows up and he very you know frequently records um, YouTube uh, videos. Around two, three years ago, when he was recording one of the video, my youngest one, who was at that time nine, he said, there's a faint music at the background. You should not uh, record this. There will be copyright issues and you will get a strike. And I was just surprised. So the way they are, you know, making sure that whatever it's going on there on the social media needs to be so careful. And one recent example I would like to give you, it's related to the LinkedIn. My youngest one, he manages social media account of his father. So he's posting and, you know, replying and all that. There, my husband wanted to post a recent article about trans oral thyroidectomy. And, you know, when we are being, um, you know, taught in terms of how to manage yourself on the social media, they say engage, reply, comment, that kind of thing, and make it visible. So my husband wanted to put some sort of an image from the article on the LinkedIn itself to get the more visibility. My, my youngest one said, you will get a strike. And then we bet on that. And that was definite. The post was taken down by the LinkedIn because the things we are using for the research publications are not meant to go on the LinkedIn as in a de novo uh, you know, uh, settings. So that is very, very important. And for medical students, I would like to say, again, the concept of multiple identities, that solidification of identities is very important. If you want to be di digitally, culturally fit, you need to understand those contextual fluid hierarchical interfaces of the digital world. And as I just said, when we were talking about the YouTube video and the LinkedIn post, if you look at this, it's not you and me are solely in charge, whatever we are doing. Some AI is equally um, contributing what's happening here. So that idea of shared agency, I believe, is, is the nutshell today that we need to understand in the digital professionalism or e-professionalism, the idea of relational agency and shared agency needs to be understood because the softwareization, the algorithmization, all these kind of things are making it quite helpless. So that is important. Um, but you might disagree with me that shared agency or idea of agency is also a bit lost or shared in conventional professionalism. But when we talk about that idea of agency, we saw during the COVID times, there was a nice compromise in terms of agency when we had to decide between individual and societal justice. But there sit um, 
you know, reasonable individual who has got all the specialized knowledge and who is making right and wrong decisions. But in case of digital professionalism, that kind of um, sane individual with a specialized skill set is a little bit, uh, you know, um, the power is taken away from the artificial intelligence and the softwares and social networking sites. So I believe all the medical students and us, we need to have that solidification of identities and understanding of that shared agency, which we are all processing in the digital realm. Thank you very much. Um, I'm learning uh, plenty from what I'm hearing here today and I hope our listeners are also. So that leads us very well uh, into our next uh, section of reflection. And I suppose to recap before we go into that, um, it's a digital professionalism is important to us. Uh, it's a, a new and evolving realm uh, for some of us, certainly mid and upper career. There's an old adage in medicine that floats around about publicity being a, a double-edged sword. And there's a very thin line between fame and infamy. Um, and one should always uh, go to your, your base moral values when, when you're, you're going to publish something. So what is right um, and, and who does it benefit, I suppose, is the question that is particularly uh, important when uh, perhaps sharing information uh, that may be uh, linked uh, to cases or, or patients that you may have dealt with. Um, so it comes on to the so what. Why is digital professionalism and understanding of it so important to us? And we've all seen examples of unprofessional behaviours on a range of uh, digital realm uh, networking sites, professional sites, social social media sites. Um, could you expand on that, Shai? So we know that obviously people have been uh, seen intoxicated, uh, people have been seen uh, maybe uh, posting comments that, that would be considered inappropriate or disrespectful. Um, and how does that reflect on them personally, on their role as a doctor, and perhaps uh, on their role uh, as part of a member of a profession such as medicine or another branch of uh, health and social care? Yeah, um, very good question again. And you're absolutely right. We are very frequently seeing these kind of things. But then it again takes us to the the point where you mentioned your moral values. So the morality. So when we talk about whatever we are doing, if we have got an understanding that why I am doing this, who am I and why I am I? So that kind of understanding, which is if we talk about Kohlberg's levels of morality, you know, there is a principled, there is a pre-conventional, then there's a conventional, and then there's a post-conventional sort of a conscious. So that post-conventional conscious is something very difficult to achieve. And usually very few people go to that sort of level of that morality. But I feel like um, social media has put a, a fast forward, um, you know, phase in our lives where it is making us more human and more moral and more oriented and self-aware to your real self-actualization that whatever you are doing and why you are doing this. So that idea of understanding about post-conventionalism of consciousness, where you are in a harmony, that yourself is in a harmony, that with the bigger pictures like your profession, your family, yourself, your community. So there you are representing them. So once you understand that, that whom you are representing and why you are representing, then people will have those significant pauses of reflection and will post, will not post those intoxicated 
or um, you know objectionable things on the social media and will understand um, that what I'm doing is not because of to gain followers or likes, which is the pre-conventional way you do as a good boy or as a good girl. So that kind of followers and likes and dislikes um, and reactions on your posts. So and when we see children from you know grade six and onwards, or even before grade six in the primary school, we know the level of cognitive maturity is very different than yours and mine's age. So why not morality can be fast forward for them? And I am seeing that in high school and uh, secondary school students, where they understand that, oh, if it's going there, why it is going there? And I also believe the current medical students uh, or might be the future medical students will be much better than the current future uh, healthcare professionals because they have been bought, so they are digitally natives. So they know how to use it. They know how to project it. They know how to craft and control their digital identities. And they know how to smoothly, you know, interact with the, with the environment. And they possess those skill sets. So I believe we recently did a research where you were very kindly part of that research team. And we agreed on that, that certain values, behaviors, and identities need to be summed up into a mission understanding, which is the most highest pinnacle of Kohlberg's morality level. Um, absolutely. And, and I think that's a fantastic uh, area that we'll come back to in a moment when we talk about uh, uh, now what and, and, and a way forward uh, for listeners. <laughs> Just before we finish off this section, I would like to maybe just ask you about one area. Um, confidentiality, obviously, um, is, is, is very important uh, as a principle within professionalism. And uh, we're entitled to personal life. But when we start posting in a professional capacity, uh, often we may wish to reflect on cases or outcomes uh, that we've dealt with. Um, would you like to expand on, on maybe the, the potential risks and pitfalls we may get into there if we use material in an educational um, purpose, um, but, but maybe don't follow the rules of confidentiality in the digital realm? Yeah, again, we have seen it very, very frequently recently here in this part of the world as well, um, especially surgeons, when they encounter some very uh, you know, unique case some some something which qualifies as a case report or something which they have done you know they are overly um, excited to share it with them um i've seen people posting on their personal social media accounts without you know explicit consents and and then they say oh no we informed the patient but we did not inform the patient to to the, the uh, you know in that explicit manner and the pitfalls, of course, um, while I was listening to Susan Crow's um, podcast, your previous one, she mentioned that in no way the patient should be exposed in any manner on your social networking sites. But the problem with these social networking sites, even when we are very cautious, it's not my intention, that's not what I, need, I wanted to do. Still, the interaction of human and the post-human material things they play havoc on us and they just depict the things in a, such a manner that we are just helpless. So to do that, I must say that we need to have sort of conversations and discussions with all the healthcare professionals. So let's see, this happened and that how it materialized. So that kind of discussions in a safe pedagogical spaces 
can be analogous to the danger control phase of the threat management science, where when we tell the uh, you know the participants, so if, when they are prepared, so they will be you know more have got positive behaviors intent to uh, you know avoid those kind of situations. So these kind of strategies can be very helpful. Yes, the everybody knows the patient should not go on social media account. We should not preach confidentiality. But as I said, it's not like a conventional professionalism. It's very different. Human and post-human interactions can just come up with anything new. So to avoid that, we can prepare students. So we can give them heads up by these kind of discussions and discussing these kind of ambiguous scenarios. So they are readily prepared. Thank you very much, uh, Sister. That, that, that's very important. So we'll move on to our third um, and, and final aspect of the reflection, the now what, um, and propose a way forward. So there's, a, again, an old adage about, you know, using emails and, you know, how you should park an email overnight and think about it and maybe modify or, or not send it the following day. So think yeah. before you post, I suppose, in, in terms of uh, the digital realm and social media. Um, you mentioned um, your uh, framework, which I'd like you to expand upon, and also maybe a little bit about digital footprints, what we should know about what's out there and related to us. Uh, could you expand on those two areas, a framework for navigating the digital realm and uh, sure. a digital footprint? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, from the very first, uh, you know, beginning, I mentioned that e-professionalism is different in three manners. And then when we were looking at those professionalism frameworks, which give us a little bit of navigation, how to, you know, manipulate through the, into the professional dilemmas in the conventional realm, I found those kind of attributes because we need a different kind of skill set to, you know, needed to be digitally professional. So I found those reductionist sort of frameworks which we're talking about either the morality, the just the virtues, either the behaviors or the identities. But in the digital world, as I said, that solidification of the identities is very, very important. We all know that we have got multiple identities and then we have got a core identity. But whenever, if you are going to ask me, who am I? So I, I might say, I'm a doctor, I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, that kind of thing. But that will be in that particular phase. But that solidification will only come if you harness the understanding of mission, where you don't need the good boy or good girl sort of, uh, you know, appreciation from others. It's you who is continuously self-evaluating and self-rectifying yourself. So our framework, we talk to the students, we talk to the uh, professionalism experts, and we ask them what kind of character, characteristics and identities you see to be digitally professional. And we came up a very holistic framework which anchors all the you know, pre-existing frameworks of professionalism from values, behavior, and identity constructs and speaks the language of Carthagen model. So we know the Carthagen model of change is very, very important when we talk about personal and professional development. And there it there sits um, as an individual with the right understanding of the mission. So that mission is analogous to Carthagen's model of framework and the Kohlberg's post-conventional level of consciousness. So we believe, as I said, the cognitive maturity is fast forward. So we also want the morality maturity to be fast forward in the social networking sites. 
And related to your second question, I just forgot what was that. No, you're quite right. And uh, I was going to restate um, the digital footprint concept uh, that uh, we should know what we've put out there and what is out there and that we may be uh, tagged on or linked into in, in terms of our digital footprint. Um, uh, should should we, we be aware of that? Uh, should we try and modify that uh, to maintain our professionalism? Whatever digital footprint is there, I am afraid it is not modifiable, to be very honest. But yes, it is very important for you, for you and for me to know what, how, and um, when and where I am being depicted. So again, I will go back to my youngest one. He was um, very keen to know who is the most famous Garaya in the world, and he thought he might turn up there. But that was not the case. Garaya is our surname. So he very frequently checks what is there about him. So that's all we need to be doing. It's just like this, when we are living in any sort of a community, we, we are very interested how the other person knows about us, thinks about us, our neighbors or our, you know, two, two homes down, the, that, that broke, bloke or lad, what he thinks about me. So same is the case when we are navigating through digital worlds, that understanding how I'm being depicted is very, very important. So that again brings me to the concept of mission. If you understand the mission, it will take you to the cyber civility phase. And that cyber civility phase is where you are very positive and inclusive in terms of culturally fit. And you ensure that you uphold all the professional values to demonstrate professionalism, even in the virtual environments. So that digital footprint, mission understanding, is very valuable at the moment. And I believe if we start inculcating from the very beginning, um, our younger generations will not be bothered about by their digital footprints because they are very cleverly managing it, crafting it and controlling it. Very good. Um, well, that brings us perfectly to the end of that reflective cycle. Um, but before we finish our chat, um, what I'd like is uh, for our listeners um, so that we don't leave them in suspense. Uh, what do you consider the most important lesson on digital professionalism? Maybe a phrase or a sentence that they can take away from this discussion. Um, what may keep them safe or help them cope in the digital realm? Long time ago, when I was not doing anything related to e-professionalism, it was that famous adage, if you don't want to see that next day in newspaper, don't post in social media. But now I feel like I'm a little bit more cognitive and morally mature. So now I'm looking and finding myself mission of my life. So I'm being very cautious and, you know, conscious. Whatever is going out there, it is depicting myself. So, yeah. Perfect. Uh, on that note, I would like to thank uh, our guest, uh, Dr. Shista Salman, very much for sharing their experience and personal reflections. Thank you for listening to this episode of Professionalism Matters, a podcast series on digital professionalism, broadcast from the Centre for Professionalism in Medicine and Health Sciences at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. I hope you have enjoyed it, and if you have, I would like to invite you to please tell your colleagues and friends. If you would like to know more about the topic discussed in the podcast, please do have a look at our podcast description for further information. If you are new to podcasts, perhaps listening for the first time, please make sure you subscribe to our channel to make listening easier in the future. 
You can access this podcast or any others in the series on all the major apps. And for more info on the team, our experts or medical professionalism, or if you would like to have your CPD recognised for listening to this podcast, please look at the Professionalism Matters podcast series, description and links. And remember, professionalism matters do matter. And goodbye for now. Thank you.